0: Welcome to yet another edition of the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local 12.com with the real quarterback from UC, Reading High School, and Carolina Panthers fame, Tony Pike. We broadcast live from the James Rapine Memorial Studio. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We'll talk some NFL in this segment. we got a little bit of college in the next segment and high school football, which uh, the playoffs go to week two in Indiana, but the last regular season week in Kentucky, where the playoffs basically set. Those are mostly non district games this week, but in Ohio. Some playoff uh, games and, and league championships are on the line that we'll talk about coming up in the final segment of high school football. We'll start with the with the NFL. And by the way, we do broadcast live from the James Rapine Memorial Studio. And I'd like to start with the Bengals, but I won't just because of James. Yeah. Um, you know, I know he's flying high on his Lamar Jackson. What, what do you think he's thinking of Baker Mayfield? Oh, right
1: man. There? that. What is he thinking of Baker Mayfield? And what is he thinking of Freddie Kitchens right now?
0: How <laughs> about Freddie Kitchens deciding down three scores, six minutes to yeah. go, I'm going to punt. No, no, i want to I'll go for pen- it. I'll take a penalty. But I don't want to use a
1: timeout. What are you doing? Two terrible uses of the challenge flag. I didn't see this. I saw one of them. Okay. Yeah, I, I just, man, he he really looks like he's in over his head. And the and the crazy thing is that as bad as that game started, they had a chance right. to still be in it because they are so talented. Their defense is more talented than a lot of people I think. I think the defense is pretty good, yeah. Uh, it just, man, it... The turnovers, the Nick yeah.
0: that that little shovel... <laughs> will shove the oh. pass right to the defensive lineman.
1: And and also I mean Chubb is Chubb runs hard and I think Chubb's still gonna be a really good back, but man, they, they cannot get out of their own no, way. They cannot. Which still proves if if they can figure out how to get out of their own way with their schedule going forward, maybe. But if if they stumble again along the way, I think you you close the door on them. Yeah, you're I mean, they have to run kind of like a eight and one or yes, and game, something yes. like seven and two to give themselves a chance on the way out. Yeah, 2-5 and five is, as we sit here.
0: But 2-5 and five sure beats an 0-8, and, and that's where our beloved Bengals I'm are. I'm glad
1: we're doing this first today, because I couldn't have <laughs> sat through two other segments without, without getting bo- this without off my without chest. W- without
0: boiling over. Look, no, no one thought they were going to, to London beating the Rams. And in the grand scheme of things, it's a one-score game at the half, and you're feeling the offense is moving. The offense had 202 yards in the first half. They rushed for 84 yards on 13 carries in the first half. It looked like a bona fide NFL offense. Four yeah. chunks of the first half. They did some things differently, went with some two tight end packages, brought Michael Jordan, the offensive lineman, in as, a, as an extra lineman and lineman eligible to try to help the running game. And I, and I think it did uh, did befuddle the Rams for, a, for mm-hmm. a bit, and that's that's good to see them adjust. So let's give a little credit where credit's due. But th- there's not a game you go in where you don't realize how talent-deficient this team is. The, the question for you, and it's rhetorical, I know, because we've discussed it, why can't they see that?
1: Right. And that, to me, I watch all the games around the NFL, as many as I can, and I watch teams that are bad that have talent. I watch teams that are bad that have young talent. Or I watch teams in the Dolphins last night that are bad but have 13 draft picks in the next season. So all these teams I watch, they have reasons for hope. For hope. And then I watch the Bengals game, and I'm like, well, that guy's not good, but he's going to be here and this guy's not very good, but well, he's going to be here, and this guy's not very good, but we re-signed him to bring him back here. It, it To me, from and, – and this goes now from the coaching staff down and, and, and at the top of the organization down. Yeah, but,
0: I, I want to get to the coaching staff separately in a minute. But yeah. Keep going.
1: But, no, I, I just – you watch the, just the, the overall talent on the field, and at some point teams just start overriding that. And, and I don't remember who I was listening to talk about it yesterday. It might have been Dan Orlovsky, but he said, in the NFL – in the first three quarters, if you just don't beat yourself, don't turn the ball over, uh, end drives with kicks, don't kill yourself with penalties, then you have a chance in the fourth quarter to win with your playmakers. But there are so many teams in the NFL that don't have the playmakers right. to go to yet, whether they haven't developed yet or whether in the Bengals' case, they their playmakers are what? All over thirty-one now. Yes.
0: Well, and, I guess you can consider John Ross. Yeah. Getting there, but we still haven't seen enough of him on a consistent basis, either health wise, right. or production wise, to know if he's that guy. Um, so it, it goes to this. I, I get where they looked back at four and one last year and thought, mm-hmm. okay, injuries really derailed that. I'll give you. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you that in this offseason, that, that you believe that getting all your healthy pieces back. Um adding a key part or two in the draft and Jonah Williams is going to be a key part of that. Yeah. That you thought that was all it was going to take. I didn't agree with that. Cause I still didn't think the defensive personnel was great, but I'll, I'll give you at least if that was your philosophy, go with belief, that's you can, I'll go with it. Okay. But eight games in now we're we're, and I know injuries have factored in a little bit, but is AJ green going to make a difference between Oh, and eight and, and six and two right. and, and is Jonah Williams. I mean, okay. are they together? Is John? I, I don't, I don't see enough of those pieces that that say you're, you're you're that close, and I don't know how anybody believes that in that organization. I mean, you're playing with a cast-off right tackle, a cast-off right guard, and now you're playing with an undrafted free agent, Alex Redmond at right guard. Your, your, your center's your best offensive lineman. He's an undrafted free agent. Your left guard's your former first-round draft pick center who can't beat out the undrafted guy at center. Your left tackle, you're now on your right. fourth or fifth left tackle. And yes, I do know that Jonah Williams should make a difference, but I can't guarantee that. We expected right. Cedric Oboehy to make a difference, and it, and it didn't. That's so, the
1: thing. I mean, could, could Jonah Williams be the next Anthony Munoz? He could be maybe. the next Munoz. He could be the next Oboehy. Right. Like we, we, we don't have anything to go on. It's not like they've hit a home run on their previous first-round draft picks.
0: No, it, exactly. So I don't know how you don't embrace that. And listen, I, I, I know that for a first-year head coach and his staff and for the Brown family, they feel like winning games, any games, is precious. I don't look at it like that. I think winning games to get to the playoffs is precious. Mm -hmm. That's your goal. And once that goal is erased, then you have to evaluate, is it injuries? Is it age? Um, Is it scheme? Is it coaching? You have to start evaluating all of Mm -hmm. those things together. And then you have to make what are prudent decisions. And this organization, time and again, hasn't. Do you know that this is the fifth time since Paul Brown died in August of 1991, there have been this is the 20 what ninth season since then. Fifth time in those 29 seasons, the Bengals have started 0 and 8. Right. Five times under Mike Brown's watch, this franchise has started 0 and 8. That's hard to
1: do, bro. You played in the league. Yeah. That's hard to do. It's hard to do, and at the same time, like it, it's not eight. it's hard. It's not getting better. Hard. Right. That's the problem. And, and you go back to the teams that they've lost to. Yes, the 49ers are exceptional, and the 49ers are a team. That didn't take long. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. I mean, John Lynch comes in. They move the pieces. They win in the draft. They win in free agency. They win in the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. And they're 7-0 because oh, they, they identified, hey, it's time to blow it up. And then decided, hey, we need one more piece. Could have been A.J. Green. Yep. Instead, it's Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. They went and got Quan Alexander in the offseason. Yeah. They made the moves. A so, guy the Bengals should have targeted, should have right. overpaid for. So you look at, at these teams. The bills aren't very good. The Jaguars aren't very good. The Steelers and the Cardinals aren't very good. The Rams gave up 55 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, we're not getting beat by world beaters. We're getting beat by teams that you would think you would at least have a chance against. We're not getting beat by the Saints. We're not getting beat by the Patriots yet. Uh, but, but I mean, you, you go up and down the board and you look at how teams have built it the right way in the NFL. The Saints lose Drew Brees. And they had a guy ready to and go. And they had a guy they had ready. A, they
0: had a starting quarterback. And they do not miss ready.
1: a a step. Correct. Because they have every plan possible. Because of. Ownership, because of coaching, because of leadership. And then they,
0: and then they develop a weapon in Taysom Hill. They, they do things like that. good organizations do. You have the depth to overcome. Listen, in this league, you can't overcome a multitude of injuries. I mean, you don't have enough guys. This isn't college where you got 85 scholarships right. and another 15 walk-ons, five to eight of which can play. You don't have that. Yep. You have 53. You have a practice squad. And you're usually juggling anywhere between five to ten injuries of different magnitudes. You, you can't always overcome those. But right now, I do know this on that defensive line that started on, 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 uh, on, um, on Sunday. Carlos Dunlap was there. Mm-hmm. Geno Atkins was there. Andrew Billings was there. Sam Hubbard was there. Your linebackers, Nick Vigil was there. Justin yep. Brown was there. When he was on the field. Your two safeties, Jesse Bates was there. Yep. Sean Williams was there. Yeah, you're down two corners. I'm going to give you that portion of the program. But you still, you basically had nine, eight, nine of your 11 projected starters on defense. We're on the field giving up another f- almost 500-yard I wouldn't
1: have known that the corners were out because every pass was completed over the middle. Well, that was some linebacker issues, Holy too. Holy cow. Can
0: you get your eyes in the right place? What are we doing? I mean, you talk about elementary scheming. You took two guys in a hook route and said, here, linebackers, watch them hook. Safeties, we're going to clear you out and go deep, and there's going to be this giant hole yeah. in them. Can someone get a drop? Can my, someone take a drop?
1: My question on that, can when a you, safety when come you, up? When you go into that game against the Rams... And I know this goes into a little bit of coaching as well, but when you go into the Rams, has Todd Gurley been dominant this year? No, nope. they've, been they've not run the ball great. Who's who's been their catalyst? C- Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, fifty-one catches going into the game, and then on the what first Brandon, possession? Brandon, Cook's, kids Brandon kids were... Cooks. goes out, yeah, and it, Cooper Cup just proceeds to just go off, and and he gets whatever he wants. Like to I know me, I know Will Jackson was dealing with a shoulder issue, but he did yeah. play.
0: And I've well, talked to Luis Rumo about he this He looks like he didn't
1: want to tackle Cooper Cup on that long touchdown.
0: No, no. But I th- I would have rather taken my chances with an ailing Will Jackson yeah. following Cooper Cup everywhere man-to-man mm-hmm. man, than I would have playing some zone and saying, listen, we'll just give you the whole middle of the field. I mean, Jared Goff, you got to admit, as a quarterback, if you saw holes like that in an NFL defense, yeah. wouldn't you be salivating? I mean, you, you, would, you, then you, Cooper... you played it. How tight are the windows? They're damn yeah. tight, right?
1: Supposed I, to be? No, I, I'm not joking about this. I could make that yes. throw on that deep over route. I they were could supposed to be. And Cooper Cup even said after the game that it's what we saw. Yeah, it was game plan, and that's what we saw.
0: He had 120 yards after the catch, and some yep. of it was on that long one where BW Webb fell down on the on the flea flicker. Right. But basically, half of those yards came not because Cooper Cup's running through tackles, because Cooper Cup's running free and wide open after yep. the
1: catch. I, I've never seen an NFL game with the third down stats that were. Staggering Sunday, yeah, and I, I I wrote them down. The seven they they converted seven third downs. Of those seven third downs, a third and eight where they got twenty one yards. Yep. A third and five where they got thirty one. Mm-hmm. Those third are both and eight, the cup, I right. believe. Yeah. Third and eight they got twenty three. Third and ten they got twenty. Third and four they get fifteen. Third and ten they get forty, and third and ten they get fourteen. This isn't a team that's like third and seven. Let's run an eight yard route. You're giving up. 20, 30, 40 yards Chunk plays. on third down, right. and half those are third and long, which in the NFL... That's what you want. Yes. Get a team to third and long, and you're in business.
0: All right, so let's let's go to the coaching <laughs> portion of this, because I, I'm, I'm, I've i given these guys a pass. I'm going to give them a pass to some degree, because I do understand the talent deficiencies. But much was made, and I wrote a piece about it that, that listen, you got a guy who skipped a pay grade along the way, um... It feels very, I don't want to say nepotistic isn't the right word because he doesn't have relatives on the staff, but he certainly has many relations on this staff from past favors perhaps, past friendships. And sometimes that's, yeah. that's how coaching staffs are built to some degree. Mm-hmm. But how much of this is on on Zach Taylor and how much of this is on this staff to 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 scheme their way out of it and that they're not capable of doing that or... Leading a team to a win.
1: Well, I'll, I'll first say that it starts with the top of the organization because we've mentioned. Well, that part's a given. We've mentioned so many times the McVeigh coaching tree. You can talk about it all you want, but that team built around a young quarterback, so they could bring in. They had an idea. They had an idea. Yes, they brought in pieces, and then they said, "Here, Sean McVeigh. Here's Wade Phillips. Any question you have, he's been there. He's your defensive coordinator. And he's, he's a great defensive. And he's a great coach. He knows what he's doing. Yes. So." Sean McVay has a sounding board. Zach Taylor was given none of that. Zach Taylor was given the head coaching job
0: and play calling duties and play calling and duties and trotting out there to answer questions about Cordy, Cordy Glenn, Glenn and AJ Green yes. and all and of trades. that.
1: But yet at the same time, you don't give him any pieces to work with. So while I think of while I question different things, yes, I, I question why. We haven't used the two tight end sets more. Which they did on sets. So which they finally yes, did. But it took a while. I, I question why Bernard's not on the field with yes. Mixon more and, and why we're not getting more exotic there. I question some of the Jaguar game, the second one, third and one throwing or the toss sweep on third and one. There's different play calls that I question. But I also I, I, I feel bad for Zach Taylor because he is now being made out around the league to look like a Buffoon. bad coach. Yes. When at the same time he's been given nothing to succeed, and and when I say nothing, I'm talking about the defense that was brought back. I'm talking about the offensive roster that's been assembled, especially on the offensive line, because that inhibits you to do a lot of stuff. But I also talk about a quarterback in his ninth year that's not performing, and and we've talked about turnovers, and it wasn't the turnovers on Sunday, but missing Auden Tate down the sideline, missing, uh, uh, yeah. missing
0: somebody else down the sideline like, too. Right, the Auden Tate one was was an right, easy and job. and that's. How much, a... how much of that, though, and I'm not looking for an excuse, but you've you played the position. How much of that, though, is you just you're, – you're almost shell-shocked
1: right now. Well, he is, and, and you can see that on his reads because where other quarterbacks in the league, you'll see him look to the Man. right, look to the middle. Andy Dalton, wherever he's looking, if it's there, it's, it's there. If not, scramble, throw the ball away. Yes. And, and now, now you're seeing the ramifications of all of that. Clean pocket, missing throws. In the red zone, taking sacks. Um, I mean there's just there's too many things going on third down conversions where you just give up and throw the ball out of bounds because you're at a point now where you're you're and and Sam Darnold got caught saying this but a lot of quarterbacks do it you're seeing ghost and and you're now struggling because you've been behind a deficient offensive line and because you've been historically bad and it's just it's it's one of those situations for now Zach Taylor your quarterback struggling your offensive line struggling your defense is really bad I mean they're 29th or worst in the NFL in seven categories yes. and you don't have a guy other than your special teams coordinator probably in that locker room on a week-to-week basis to just talk about how to figure it out who are you going to Lou Rumo Callahan like where do you go Mike Brown because I sat there after Atlanta who's terrible and I watched Arthur Blank down talk. come down into the tunnel mm-hmm. and talk to the media and answer everyone's questions who does that for the Bengals? Zach Taylor.
0: Yeah, I, I told you we asked for Duke Tobin two or three weeks ago. I put a, yep. I literally put a formal written request in to speak with the director of player personnel, who is kind of the de facto GM. I can't call him the GM because he's not the GM, and we were simply told, well, he doesn't talk during the regular season. Correct. Oh, okay. So we're gonna then you're gonna have to direct questions to your head coach, who's not More gonna be questions. able to answer them because he doesn't know how to. I mean, one question for him today I'm gonna ask it is. Trade deadline's coming up in 30 minutes. We're talking to him at 330 today. Yep. Who pulls the trigger on a trade? Is it you? Right. Is it Mike? Is it Katie? Is
1: and you it... won't get an answer because no, no one knows. No, right. It'll that, be that's the what's problem. a collaboration.
0: No, no. Someone the and that's the problem. The buck always has to stop with somebody. When you right. played at UC. Where did the buck stop? Brian Kelly. On everything, right? Yes. Just about everything. Yep. I guarantee it probably he called the defense on occasion and said, listen, I need you to be more aggressive or less aggressive. However you do it. Yep. I guarantee that that's what I had, that's what you do.
1: Right. My my question is whether you like Brian Kelly or not. Right, the buck stop. You stopped, knew, you knew, and and you can know from watching the Falcons that at least the owner wants to win, mm-hmm. that at least the owner cares because it's not it's not every day you see an owner talking to the media after a loss falling other, to one and uh, seven. Other than Jerry Jones, right? Other than Jerry Jones, and and you go to okay, go to New England, where you think the buck stops? Probably Bill Belichick. Yes. So you go around the league, and now I look at all these teams. John Dorsey probably makes a lot of decisions. Mike Mayock. John Lynch, and look what they've done. They've they've ignited and they've brought hope into these organizations and these fan bases that this fan base doesn't have because at zero and eight, I'm sitting. No, sit- you you have no hope. No, there, there's unless there's nothing come, to look forward to unless
0: they come out and say we are hiring a general manager, we're changing our direction, right. we're doing these things. There's, so I, I got not what I got right now is I got a poor, beleaguered head coach trying, and he literally says it in singular terms. But when we win that game, it's going to be glorious. Yeah, that game. Woo, can't wait for that game. But
1: but again, you're you're setting. Would,
0: you have, would it be Spumanti or would it be really? Would it be Moet? What what kind of? What do you think they ought to spray in the Ooh, locker room? After I that don't
1: win? know. I don't know. But that's uh, high just... class
0: or low class?
1: You definitely go high class. Absolutely. They're gonna, Mike Brown's going to want to spend. No question. But but the the that that to me is the key. It's you either come out and you hire a GM or you put more money into your scouting department. Or you make some – give the fans something to say, okay, something's going to change. I'll tell you I'm, what you
0: ought to do. You ought to oversign for a backup running back who you're yeah. hardly going to use. Yep. That's good. Yeah. Good use of money. Resign I'm Bobby Hart. I'm going to resign – Preston Brown. I'm going to resign my 32-year-old, to be wide receiver who's been hurt yeah. a bunch lately. Did
1: Preston Brown play 50, under 50% of the snaps? That's a good question. I think he was at 48%. Was he? Okay. So, I, I don't notice if he's on the yeah. field or off the field. Well, I that's, really that's the problem. Yeah. But now so, – so we're sitting there, and, and I'm watching yesterday the Dolphins make another trade. Kenyon Drake. Oh, now they get another draft pick. And they've accumulated 13 draft picks. Five of those are going to be in the first two rounds.
0: Because this year was going nowhere. Yes.
1: And they're still, they still try on the field. Oh no! But I, they've I, tanked I, off the field. And, yeah. you, and you saw that last night. So yesterday, as I'm getting ready to do a show, I see Josina Anderson tweet out and it says, don't look for any movement from the Bengals on any of their quote-unquote key guys by the trade deadline. At this time, I'm told Cincinnati would still like to evaluate their roster when they get healthier after this bye week, that is the answer. Where every other team is making moves, the answer in Cincinnati is we want to we want to evaluate what we have. An zero and eight football team that has no chance to go to the that playoffs is
0: one <laughs> in fifteen in the last. Right? You 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 like to, to to at least wager in your mind? Yeah. Not even yep. A ten point spread in the NFL is what? Pretty big, right? Yes. In the last 16 games, I did the math on this. The Bengals have lost by an average margin of 9.8 points per game. Mm-hmm. That is that that means you're getting your ass kicked yeah, on a you're fairly not regular close. basis. you
1: you're not. It's not a situation where we're losing a bunch of one point games.
0: And they've lost a couple this yeah, year like that, but you're
1: but you're still losing. You're still losing. You're still getting dominated. So okay, so you've made the case that you're not going to make any trade, which to me is 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 the craziest thing in the world. It's nuts. And then the the CBS article comes out and it basically says between Washington and Cincinnati, they don't speak the same language as everyone else in the NFL. <laughs> just, just a, and a then great quote. And then among everything yesterday, what happens? Well, Washington's at least willing to listen for that Trent, for Trent. Williams. Yes. And and now they're talking about, they're looking to move Josh Norman. Right. So to me, that is at least something for the fan base in Washington to say, okay, at least they're trying
0: no, as, a, as a fan here. What do you have to cling
1: to? Yes. Because if the Bengals came out and said, you know what, so and so offered us a third round pick for AJ Green. We, we listened, we but we enough. didn't think it was good enough. Great, but to come out and say you're not interested, and then to hear other GMs, not media, not a, not fan base, other general managers in the NFL come out and say it's not even worth it to call the Cincinnati Bengals because they won't even call you back. That to me is a slap in the organ. That's a, that's a slap to the team. That's a slap to the fan base to say, who cares? We're 0-8. We don't need to listen to any of that. that. That's essentially what you're doing. To not even If New Orleans calls this morning and you don't even pick up the phone to hear what they would give for A.J. Green or the Packers who for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career have a legitimate running back that could have a three-headed monster with a, a receiver. If you don't even give them the time of day to say, what are you going to offer? Because now it's the deadline. Teams have to make some type of move. Maybe they give a first and a fourth. Maybe they overspend because they only have hours. And you, the Cincinnati Bengals, who never listens, is actually on the phone. But, but you, you don't, and you don't give your fans any hope because the Washington fans at least can say, wow, something new. We're at least going to listen for Trent Williams. Maybe something's changing because we're 1-7. Here in Cincinnati, at 0-8 on a bye week, we get uh, we 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 need to evaluate this roster
0: yeah, the, the thing I, I continue to get perplexed by is is why the level of stubbornness from from that family why, right. why continue to think that you know what you're doing when for 29 straight years you have right. shown that you you do not yep on a consistent basis, you don't. And, yeah, I know. You're going to point to the playoffs. Okay. I'm uh, The more I'm doing... I'm giving Marvin Lewis more That's credit for that than anybody every, else.
1: Every week that goes by, Marvin Lewis looks better. Yes,
0: he does. And, again, we, I think you're, we're in agreement. It was time to make a change. Yes. That, all that but now before.
1: with the deadline approaching and no moves, at least Marvin built up enough that he had some... It, was, it had to be a small say, but he had some type of say. Because said, yes. it's documented that Marvin Lewis didn't want to take John Ross. Yes. So, after how many... When was Ross taken? 17th. Marvin's 14th 17th, yeah. year? Yeah. So 14 years in, and Marvin, the head coach, was still getting overridden on draft picks. Here, here's
0: what I would invite people to do. Do this for me. Again, I, I use the line of demarcation of August the 5th, 1991. That's when Paul Brown died. Paul mm-hmm. Brown was a football genius. Um, Paul Brown was still very active in, in this club. Pretty doggone close to his death. Uh, maybe not all the way up to it, but pretty doggone close. And that 91, 90 was the last... Playoff win the Bengals had the '90 season. There's a pretty clear line of demarcation. So I'll invite anybody go look at the team's record from 1991 through 2002, which is before Marvin Lewis, mm-hmm. and then add in the 0 8 this year. It is staggering to see what that record is. And under Marvin, at least a couple games over 500 for for a fairly long time, and seven playoff appearances. I don't think there's I I don't think it's a coincidence that at least there was a, some success in Marvin's tenure, and there wasn't success before. Yeah. And there hasn't been success in the first year after. And the thing is, in the near future, there's right. nothing to cling to. Again,
1: Cliff Kingsbury in his first year, you at least have something to look forward to with Kyler Murray. They've won some games, and what they've they've, they've yeah. actually won some games. You look around the league, and there's possibilities everywhere. This goes back. I was talking. Uh, Chick Ludwig did the show instead of Mo yesterday, mm-hmm. the the football show, and he went back to the 1999 draft when the Bengals took Akili Smith. They, they, and the, and the, the Saints, Saints essentially gave every draft pick for that third pick, and the Bengals said no. Couch went one, Donovan McNabb went two. And they were desperate for a quarterback. And they, and they, and they desperately Smith. took Achilles Smith. You could have stockpiled. The singular
0: worst draft pick made yes. in team history, and that's saying a lot. Yes,
1: and that was a team coming in offering basically everything. Yeah, Take all our picks for Akili Smith. like that, that. So it's not just now. And the fact that it was going on then, and they weren't smart enough to listen then, and now, because they don't we flash, know what they're doing, right, and now we flash forward to now, is is there a my question is is there a voice today in that facility that even can approach Mike Brown and say, look, you have to at least listen.
0: No, there's not, and that's the problem. No, there's not,
1: because I guarantee John Lynch when he went to the 49ers, stirred some stuff up. And said, "This is how it's going to be done." Listen, Mike Mayock stirred stuff up with the Antonio Brown, and it didn't work. And he said, "See you later."
0: When when Marvin Lewis, the the year of two thousand and ten, when they had the, the the awful year, and then he was, it looked like he was done, looked like he was out, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. And they they call it the reboot. I can damn well guarantee you, he said, "Listen, I'll come back, but I'm doing stuff my way. We're doing it my way." Yep. And look, I you you people can listen, you can be critical of Marvin all you want. I get it. But Marvin really did wrestle a lot of control away, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for the success they had in his tenure. And you can certainly look at the before and the after yep. and realize, hey, guess what now you got? You got young yes-man coach in there. That's great. And I feel for the kid. I do. He's a very, I like dealing with Zach. He's a nice guy. I think yep. he's a decent – You don't. I can't say this about a lot. Of, he's a, actually a decent person, he is. a very decent guy. I don't know if he can coach – you know, I don't even know if he could coach a CHL team right now. I don't know if anyone but could. I don't even know if he could coach Redding right now. No, I, but I know he's in over his head. He and, and and they've given him no chance. And that's
1: that's the thing. Because they haven't given him an opportunity like Sean McVay was given. Like Cliff Kingsbury has been given. Like, Do you think Cliff Kingsbury had say in the number one overall pick? No question. Yes. They just had a quarterback last year. Right. He said, I want my guy. This is who I want. This is who I want to build around. There's a plan in place in 30 other NFL teams. I think Washington is Washington trying to figure out...
0: Well, they're dysfunctional, and you can point to who they're disf- their, yeah. their owner's dysfunctional. Who's
1: at least now listening. He's still dysfunctional. Yes. Yeah. So, to not have a plan and to be 0-8 and to be going into a bye week, as a fan base, you don't have anything. You have nothing. You, you have, have nothing, nothing to cling to. And you're parading a young head coach who could turn out to be one of the brightest minds in football. Don't know. And you are, you are running him through the mud by continuing to run him out there for situations. Go, go talk about Cordy Glenn. Go tell him we're not making any trades for A.J. Green. Go handle this. Go handle that. Call the plays. Do this. Do that. Instead, Duke Tobin, Mike Brown, or someone should be addressing the media because of all these outcries. Yep. Because someone just wants to know why. Why aren't we listening? Why are we evaluating talent on an 0-8 team? Because, as you mentioned, the defense that played yesterday, other than your two corners, that's pretty much your core defense. Yeah. And they got gashed. Again. Again. They've got gashed all year. Geno Atkins has been there all year. Mm-hmm. Sam Hubbard has been there all year. Mm-hmm. Your linebacking core, your safeties have been there all year. And you have gotten gashed all year. So, what do you evaluate on that side of the ball? And on the other side of the ball, your quarterback's in your ninth year. You're not evaluating him. What do you need to evaluate there?
0: You don't need to evaluate Joe Mixon. You don't You're need not evaluate... evaluating Tyler Boyd. You already evaluated Giovanni Bernard because you just resigned his ass. Yeah,
1: you signed Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. So you did your evaluating there. Who are we you evaluating? Re-signed, you resigned CJ Uzama. Right. You brought back Tyler Eifert. You brought back Bobby Hart. You evaluated John Jerry enough a year out of football to bring him back. You signed John Miller. It, it, what are you evaluating? That's what you're supposed to do in the offseason and in the draft. You're evaluating an 0 team. That's why you're not listening? How's your sample working out,
0: by the way? uh, Does he play? (laughs) Well, second round. You know second round picks rarely play. Is he playing on special teams? How's Jermaine Pratt playing? Not good. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, This podcast will be dropped probably right after the deadline or maybe even a hair before it. So I'll ask you about Cordy Glenn. I, I think whatever you got get you have to deal I don't I they kept him home that that was odd to me that they kept him home I guess it wasn't odd the way things have played out but it felt like everybody was playing nice last Thursday Cordy spoke to us and um tried to you know give him me a culpa and, right. and Zach said you know bygones are bygones all of that stuff they're not we know they're no. not we knew they weren't but I guess moving forward if you don't deal him what do you do with him do you but, play him? I mean, do you play? I guess you have to, Can you trust him? I couldn't as a teammate. I
1: don't think anyone in that locker room can trust him right now. I couldn't. Because that team, every week, every day for the last seven weeks, has walked by and looked at Cordy doing nothing. Oh, he's going to see somebody else. Going to see someone else. He got cleared. And I asked him, point blank, I said, did
0: you get multiple opinions? And he said yes. Yeah. You know why?
1: Because everyone said you're good. Yes. He was wanting that one person to say you're not. And he didn't find that. eventually, Bengals said, okay, you got to play Now, so now the problem is. If you cut him, you owe him.
0: Yeah, and I can't, I can't do that because I can't let him get his way on this.
1: Right. So if you play him, no one on that team wants him to play. Uh-huh. And can you trust him blocking right. your quarterback's blind side? Exactly. So you have to try to trade him. You have to try to find someone, even if it's a sixth or seventh round pick. Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't care what it is. You offensive
1: linemen. Teams need offensive linemen. Yeah. Well, I think the people
0: that are going after Trent Williams, I think the phone call comes late in the day to the Bengals yeah. and says, "Listen, we've been trying to get a tackle. Yep. We'll, we'll give you a, maybe maybe you luck out, maybe they're desperate enough to give you something more than a 6th or 7th." But I think if I'm right. the Bengals, I'm taking anything. I literally, I mean anything yep. you want to give me, I'll take.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you.
0: Yeah, I, if he's on this roster as of 402 today, oh, man. All right, let, let's play that game for a second. Could you he's, imagine? On, he's on the roster at 402 today. What, what what do you do for the final 8 weeks?
1: cut grass talking about me personally no i'm not talking about
0: him yeah, talking about what, what you, if you're the, what do you do with him if he's on your roster I don't know 402 today
1: i don't know does he just not travel again
0: that's it, but, so, but but again you're paying him to yeah have so you his basically
1: way. so you basically just pay him to do nothing
0: ah man i mean man.
1: can it's he, to me, it, it's... He's shameful. He is absolutely yes.
0: shameful. He is he has done to concussion protocol right. a wrong thing here. Yep. He is a, He's a shameful person for yep. this. He really it is. is.
1: It is. A, it's a bad look, and he has positioned himself in a way that he's either going to sit Cause here's the, you know and what? get paid. Here's
0: the thing. If, if I get to that point in my career as, as a football player, and listen, I get it's hard. I get the physicality of it. No one's putting a gun to your head, though, to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I do empathize with players and the pain they go through. I do. I see it on a regular basis. I yep. see guys limping through that locker room on a Monday, and all of a sudden I'm watching them come out there the next Sunday and play. I watch it. I get mm-hmm. it, and I really do. It's a tough sport. But Cordy Glenn's also making about $9 million a year, okay? Yep. So what he did is he figured out the loophole. You know mm-hmm. what the loophole was? I'm going to, after game two, say I got a concussion. Because I then they'll just go, okay, we'll keep you out of game three. And then we're not going to play in game four, right? Because right. nobody plays in game four. Yep. so and Then it's just snowballed so then, for him So then week one, he's out there. He's, he's doing some work. And I'm thinking, okay, he's probably going to be back this week, if not next week at the very least. Right. But then he keeps looking and saying, I don't feel right. Yep. I don't feel right. I don't feel right. Go get another opinion, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Finally, the opinions run out. And finally, it gets to the point where... The Bengals say, "Dude, we're gonna find you. You're you're, you're we, the, you've been cleared multiple times. Right. Well, by now you've milked eight weeks, and now you've really put the team in a bind. Mm-hmm. Now they have to decide. In theory, you cut his ass. You just go see you later. But because, then he wins. But the thing is, you kept him on the roster through week one, and guess what? Then you yep. won for the full year. Yep. What a loophole." Yep, and shame on him because now we're gonna look at every guy that gets concussed in week two of the preseason and go, mm. are, you, are you really? Yep, are you really? What's this gonna be? Yeah,
1: is this gonna be a Cordy Glenn? And and it, but that goes back to your scouting department because from yes. from the word red flags, yeah, there were red there were flags, red flags in, in Buffalo, yeah, yeah, But you gave up and you moved back for Cordy Glenn. And you move pieces, and, like,
0: and that's what a bona fide general manager correct. is on is on the is on the clock for that. That's when that's, that's when someone job. needs to
1: stand up and say, "You can't bring this guy here. You cannot bring this guy in."
0: But you brought him in out of desperation because you failed in your draft pick in 2015 with Sidney Boy and Jake Fisher. Correct. What a club! It's almost it's like an organization. It's almost like well, no, you really failed by letting Andrew Andrew Whitworth would still be your left tackle today yeah. if you had chosen to pay yeah. him.
1: It's almost like they're almost worried that if they do accumulate draft picks and they miss on the draft picks. Then more pressure comes to them, so there's. Well, we'll just handle it this way. Well, We're evaluating talent. Then
0: how about this? How about you do what? what the Patriots You know what the Patriots use draft picks for? They use it to get current pieces. Yeah. Occasionally they got to draft a handful of guys.
1: But they 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 usually trade down to dra- to get it to, to get multiple Assets, picks then use and then those. they use it to get Muhammad Sanu.
0: Because guess what, college? You know the draft is a crapshoot. It truly yep. is. It really. I mean, it, it, there's no surefire guy.
1: But what I keep telling people though, it's not just. Drafting 13 players, you can use those draft picks to move up and get one player, or you can trade a piece away for another draft pick.
0: Or for a proven veteran when the time comes.
1: Pittsburgh Steelers. Minka Fitzpatrick, two interceptions last night. Pretty good to me. Yep. Why do other teams get it? and the Bengals don't. I don't know, and
0: I feel sad for the fan base. I do. I really feel sad for the fan base. Well,
1: wait till you see the fan base, because Baltimore will be a home game for Baltimore. Pittsburgh will be a home game for Pittsburgh. And then there will be no one there for the New York Jets game on December 1st. No, there will not be. Enjoy it. Enjoy the second half.
0: Did you speak, we're going to talk college football in a second, did you see a picture that somebody tweeted out like 10 minutes before the Rutgers game this weekend? They played Liberty? Mm Mm-mm. There couldn't have been 200 people in the yeah. stands.
1: we get used to it.
0: Yeah, that's what it's going to look like here. All right, when we continue, we will talk some college football, where, to me, there are now two, yep. two teams that I trust the most in college football, and neither one is Alabama or Clemson. And we'll talk about the UC Bearcats back on track this week as well. Kentucky with a week off. Miami with a week off. we still got some high school football to get to and much, much more. It's the
1: Angry Quarterbacks from the James Rapine Memorial Studio from your friends at ESP Media. Ronaldo has been helping men, and now women, Looked their best for over 50 years. Established in 1968 by Master Taylor Romaldo in the quaint community of Madeira, Ohio, Romaldo has become a Cincinnati staple for authentic menswear, bespoke garments, and old-world tailoring. Gathering national recognition while staying true to their goal of delivering exceptional products with unparalleled service, Romaldo is truly a destination for any style-minded individual. Located at 7121 Miami Avenue in the heart of Madeira. Rimaldo is more than just a suit shop. Stop in for anything from denim and t-shirts to sport coats, sweaters, grooming products, and much more. As we approach the holidays, Rimaldo is your one-stop shop for the best gifts for the men and women in your life. Centrally located just 15 minutes from downtown, 10 minutes from Hyde Park, and a quick jaunt from Mason, Romaldo, suited for the everyday man. 7121 Miami Avenue in Madeira. For professional staffing, there's only one name you need to know.
0: Welcome back into another edition of the Angry Quarterbacks. It's segment number two. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and local12.com. He is the real quarterback, Tony Pike. Uh, We uh, spent segment one, if you somehow hopped in the middle of this, talking Bengals in the NFL, if you wanted to skip through that. Well, now you're (laughs) on to number two because number two is is college football, where um, one team that we said had to run the table to get in the college football playoff was upset on Saturday in Oklahoma. Yep. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised because it feels like every year Oklahoma has that one game where its defense just doesn't show up, and voila, they got a little cutesy in that game. I know Lincoln Riley likes his gadget plays. He had one backfire badly at the end of the first half. Yep. Um, You know, they still put up 41 points. He's still a very good quarterback coach, and he's still a very bright offensive mind. I think a lot of Lincoln Riley, but... um, no more excuses. Oklahoma's out in my opinion. Yes. Correct.
1: And unless a ton happens a ton from happens. now on then and it would have to be a ton. Yeah. And and they would but but yeah, they they're out and it's not because the offense the offense scored 40. Well, you can't give up 48 to Kansas State. And they ran all over right. them. Ran all over yep. them. You you cannot give up that many points to Kansas State and expect to have a chance to play, which the only thing I'm disappointed in that is I wanted to see Jalen Hurts yes. play against Alabama, yeah. but that would have just been a game where they could have scored thirty five and lost by thirty. Yes, that's that's so. correct.
0: Um, speaking of Alabama, uh, Mac Jones, uh, who had unfortunately for me as a Kentucky grad and fan, he had committed to Kentucky out of high school and then decommitted and went to Alabama, um, and uh, is the heir apparent to Atanga Valoa. It was fortunate for him they played Arkansas, but boy, the first half they didn't skip a beat. No, I mean, he didn't skip a beat. No, and, and, and it and also it, talks about the parts <clears throat> around him. I mean, it was wide. That wide receiving core is absurd. Well, and, and
1: I think too, it, it, when when. People ask me about the draft coming up and the quarterbacks I like, I put um, Joe Burrow and, and right. Herbert above Tua because of that reason. Tua has everything of the best. And Tua still might be great in right. though He has the best line, he's got a, he has the best receiving core. He, he's got a he's, he's he has the best running backs. Or, he's got a howitzer yes. for an arm. He does, and he but he got great but he's touch. for but right. for a lot of it though, he's had perfect situations around him. Yeah. And other teams don't. But I mean Alabama doesn't skip a beat. Uh, but Alabama is to me, there's going to be question marks because of you don't have the... And, and I say this about Ohio State, too. You don't have the luxury of a late-season loss.
0: Well, that, all right, so let's get to that part of it. All right, so so we think Oklahoma's out unless a yep. ton happens. Because you are going to get undefeated Alabama and undefeated LSU. And you are going to get undefeated, we think, because Penn State still has to get through Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But you are going to likely get undefeated Penn State, undefeated Ohio State. Yep. Which then opens the door for what if one beats the other in very close fashion... Does that give them a chance? I don't think the Big Ten loser does. I think between Alabama or between Ohio State and Penn yeah, State... it's just
1: one.
0: LSU, though, has done a lot of... I mean, LSU's win at Texas gives them some cash. I mean, yep. They've done some things on the schedule that they've played to this point that still gives you... I mean, they've beaten Florida. They've beaten Auburn. I mean, they've yep. beaten really quality teams along the way. Mm-hmm. If they were to lose a tight one to Alabama... I still think a one loss L S U has to be under serious consideration.
1: Well, they would get the consideration over one loss Florida because they beat Florida. No question. They would get the consideration over one loss Penn State probably because of their wins of who they've played in the SEC. So I look at it like this. Say weekend for one loss Alabama right. if L
0: S U beats Alabama Correct. slightly. Although this, I think LSU with one loss probably has a better chance than one loss yes. Alabama.
1: Yeah, this this to me this weekend helped clemson a lot yes oklahoma falls notre dame gets their second loss they're out auburn gets their second loss they're out they're out uh to me a a team like clemson who people were questioning going into this because they've kind of been in in cruise control this helps clemson a ton get to where they want to be but man when you when you look at at the top and I, i know alabama hasn't done anything to lose a spot i don't know how ohio state's not higher like ohio state they're has, the most complete team. Has literally steamrolled every piece of competition. Like it, it's funny. They they, they, they went they, through Wisconsin. Well, they
0: spent the first half. It was rainy. They mm-hmm. they had a couple of drops. They didn't look great on offense. They got a late touchdown in the half, and then the second half it was almost like, all right, we've got we got in a rhythm here, and it was men and boys. Yeah.
1: So I I know, obviously Fields and Dobbins are about as good of a one two punch. If you if you think historically of Wisconsin, what is Wisconsin's strong suit?
0: Offensive line and running the football. Offensive
1: line. And Chase Young looked like oh the goodness. best player in college football history against the best offensive line. He's, he's, legit,
0: he's legit Heisman Cannon. Yes. Legit?
1: Yes. So they have a guy on defense that can change the game.
0: Can wreck the game. They have
1: two playmakers on offense that can score anytime they touch the ball. A really good defense. Really good running game that travels in weather. I don't see how Ohio State is not the best team because I while I like what LSU is doing LSU has, has relied a lot on Joe Burrow and they haven't got the running game going to a point that they need to right. and as we talk you're going to come across one game that's cold and rainy and windy and you've got to be a stronger team and power and run the ball. And I don't think there's anyone that does that or can stop that better right now than Ohio State.
0: Yeah, I, I, defensively they're they're really good. Let me give you a couple of other undefeated teams, and let's just there are other teams, I guess. The one thing, and,
1: and the one thing Ohio State though, they can't afford to slip up late in the year. Correct. And and that's that's kind of what always haunts them. They haven't been they haven't been in a fourth quarter yet this year where they need to be tested.
0: And maybe that doesn't. And I don't come. know if it.
1: I don't even know if it comes. I don't
0: either. All right, Baylor is still undefeated, and they still have Oklahoma. If they are to get through that game and get through the Big 12 championship game, do they get serious consideration?
1: I think if they beat Oklahoma, you have to. But, but here, here's the thing. Uh,
0: outside of the league, here's who they played. Stephen F. Austin, yeah. UT San Antonio, and Rice. And then everything else is inside the Big 12.
1: Right. And and that's one where as soon as you lose one, you're done.
0: All right. So a couple of one-loss teams. Oregon sits at 7-1. and one, And outside of the league, Oregon played Auburn. That's their only loss. Lost by six. If they run the table, if there's some other one-loss mm-hmm. teams, do they get serious consideration? I, I think would say Oregon, yes. I think
1: Oregon can, yes, because you saw them on a big stage against Auburn and what they can do.
0: Yeah. Utah also has one loss. Utah, outside of the league, played BYU, Northern Illinois, and Idaho State. So not a great, great cast there. Their one loss was at USC by seven. Um, but still, there's not a lot on the resume on the positive side of that.
1: Yeah. I, 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 and that's where I go yeah. back
0: to a one-loss LSU and a one-loss Alabama. Well, I also...
1: I, I look at a team right now... And I right even think a one-loss
0: Penn State would get more consideration yeah, over any of the teams I but just
1: But I, I look at a team now that Saturday... I mean, Georgia still has Florida and Auburn on the schedule. Good point. What if Georgia runs a table? And Georgia, you know, the, the one bad loss. But if Georgia runs a table through the SEC... Bad
0: loss, but in what, double overtime, right. triple overtime? But it's right. still a bad loss. I, I mean, 25 they a 25-point favorite. They still
1: play A&M. They still play Auburn. They still play Missouri. They still play uh, Florida. I mean, that if you're if you're sitting there... And and you're you're watching last week if you're Georgia and you see teams lose ahead of you, all of a sudden you gotta like there there's it's not a great chance, but there's a glimmer right now right. to say, okay, run the table and do it in in a way where you turn heads. Go beat Florida by twenty one. Yeah. I mean you, you have to to have some impressive wins in there, but it's possible at this point.
0: The thing is the Oklahoma loss did open the door for a bunch of teams to feel yep. like they've got some more hope, which makes it exciting over the last right. five weeks. I mean, for Correct. a while it felt like Ohio State and yep. Alabama, and Clemson, and Oklahoma. And, Oklahoma. and it was yep. pretty much a, or the Alabama-LSU winner. Um, yep. And, and that was going to be it. Now, you got a lot of different scenarios to play out here. Absolutely. All right, the UC Bearcats off of a bye week, and it feels like this bye week keeps coming at a perfect time for them. They've got East Carolina next. We've talked about this. I mean, the New Year's Six Bowl now is, is very much – very much in sight, I think, if you're and the thing is I think you and you do, you control your destiny to do it. That's the good part, right?
1: Yeah, I mean there they're gonna be two or more touchdown favorites in their next three games. Uh, East Carolina, UConn, and USF. Temple, Temple looked off. got exposed against UCF. You get Temple at home. If you're at that point and you win your next four, they're seventeen right now. Maybe they get up to twelve or thirteen. Right. Going to Memphis, that's wh- not gonna be who's easy. probably gonna be ranked at the time. You're legitimately at that point saying, Okay, go to Memphis and win, you host the AAC championship game, probably against SMU or someone of that nature. If you win out, you are in a New Year's six pole. No because Boise lost. So yep. they're they're in the driver's seat. You yeah. can you can project all you want around the country. If you see wins out, they're in a New Year's and, six and, Bowl.
0: And for those that don't know, the, the New Year's the the non power five conferences, the highest rated team in the college right. football playoff ranking gets an automatic berth to one right. of your six bowls and based on the scenario we're yep. laying out here UC would clearly because right. be they're,
1: they're now the highest right I mean and yeah. winning out that would mean because Boise lost right. uh, you wouldn't give Memphis a chance but the problem is if you lose and you don't have a chance yeah, and you're but, probably back at the Birmingham bowl or something like that but if but, I to
0: ask you with with oh, five yeah. games to go you control your own destiny yep. I think you'd take it especially
1: right? with how the schedule started yes and 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 that that start for UC but uh UC has a great chance in every game because of their defense and what Marcus Freeman is doing. Um, and, and you look at, at where that team is. And, and, again, I go back to this every week. Each week that goes by, the Ohio State loss doesn't look as bad. No, it does not. No, it does not. And that was a game where you had two turnovers in the red zone. You failed to score. You missed it. it wasn't. You weren't going to beat Ohio State, but it could have been 42-17, to 42-21, something a little more respectable than 42 nothing. But right. at this point, that loss is not bad.
0: Uh, I was on with Cincy 360 with Chad Brendel last week who, from Bearcat Journal. Um, he was hosting in your place. Yes. I don't know where you were. You were skipping out on town or something. Yeah, it was a bye week. Um, but uh, we got to talking a little UC football, and we got to talking about Marcus Freeman a little bit. And I, I, I said, I'm assuming he's going to get some interest from schools to yes. become a head coach. The question I had from Chad, and I'll ask it to you, was because I kind of flipped the script on him. I said, Let's just say Luke Fickle doesn't get the right offer after this year because he's going to get offers. Yeah. It's a matter of do you get the right offer that, that entices you to leave. And I'm not just talking about financially. I'm talking about, uh, look, Rutgers is a is a 50-ring circus right now, and so right. nobody's going to take that gig, but the right offer. If you're Marcus Freeman, do you kind of hold out and wait till Luke takes the right offer and hope that UC gives you the job? Because I would think if I'm UC, if you want a fairly seamless transition, right? He seems like a pretty good candidate to do it. I, I've heard nothing but great things. I know nothing about uh, except for watching his defenses do great things week yep. in and week out. Um, if you're him, do you kind of bide your time?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't think you would jump at the first available job because I think there's there's better options on the horizon. A, a
0: good Mac head coaching job comes along.
1: I, I would I would wait on it. Okay. I mean, I, I I really would because again, you have to look at what's around it and people speculate about the Luke Fickle situation. A team that I could see a possibility is like a Michigan State. Mm -hmm. Seems like D'Antonio is probably done there. I don't see Luke Fickle going to Tallahassee. I don't see him going outside. But a Big Ten program where he was kind of brought up maybe draws interest from Luke Fickle. And if that's the case and you're Marcus Freeman and you can slide right in with the recruiting classes that are coming to UC and the, the base that's been built here, That'd be a good first head coaching job.
0: I, I would agree with that. I, I And I've heard nothing like I said, nothing but good things. Yeah. Indulge me for a second on this. Kentucky has is, is been playing a wide receiver at quarterback for the last three weeks, yeah. Lynn Bowden. And it was really supposed to be a stopgap for the injured quarterback. So they lost their main quarterback, mm-hmm. Terry Wilson, early. Sawyer Smith came in. He got hurt. And the initial thing was, get through the Arkansas game with Lynn Bowden at quarterback, and then hopefully he's ready for the Georgia game. He was not. All right, so just we're going to go down to Georgia anyway. It's going to be tough we'll play Lin at quarterback again. And he ran for 99 yards there. The first game he ran for 195. And this past week, Sawyer was getting closer. Mm-hmm. Big game. And if you look from a bowl perspective, Kentucky needs to win, beat, beat a Missouri, basically. Yeah, um, They still have Tennessee, which they can beat. They still have Vandy. They still have UT Martin. They still have Louisville. But this is a fairly big game when it came mm-hmm. to, to trying to, to make a bowl. It gets them back to four and four. And now you can see they're at least going to get to six. And again, now you're looking at seven and maybe eight. Now the question becomes, can you afford to not have Lynn Bowden play quarterback? Right. 200 yards rushing. He threw a 44-yard dime. A guy made a great catch on it. He can throw it. He's not going to drop back 25 times and right. beat you. But I don't know how much you've watched of him, but it is incredible He's, to watch the, the, what this guy has done as a quarterback to go 2-1. and one. They were in the game at Georgia right. because of him and his feet. It's been incredible to watch.
1: Well, what it is, it's it's different. Yeah. And, and it's not the Wildcat because he can throw the ball. Yeah. So you have to respect outside – but by doing that, the numbers game works. That's why people run the Wildcat, right. is because the numbers game evens up. You have to account for the quarterback, yeah, and if So you don't, he's good enough to beat you. And he, and he can beat you with his arm, with his legs, but he can also beat you in his show with his arms. Mm-hmm. So it's something different. It's hard to prepare for midseason when you're not coming out of a bye or something like well, that. Because They
0: have a buy this week, and Eddie Graham even made the point of, it's going to give me a week to try to put some more stuff in right. for him as a quarterback. Right,
1: it's very hard to prepare for when it's something that, you don't see every week of the year. You see mobile quarterbacks, but those quarterbacks still want to run. When you have a guy that can legitimately run all over you, you have to bring more guys down to help. And when you do that, you're taking a chance that, okay, I just hope that he doesn't make the plays downfield throwing the ball.
0: And their defense has played. They they were really good at Georgia. They held Missouri to seven points, and Missouri – is not great, but Missouri's got Kelly Bryant, the former Clemson quarterback at quarterback, right. and they've they've put up points on people. And yep. all of a sudden, Kentucky holds into seven. It's just I I love stories like this in college football. It happened. I remember Heinz Ward had to play quarterback for Georgia for a stretch of games back when he was there, and they they actually won some games. It, it's 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 kind of cool to watch those situations because. Oh, yeah. I think sometimes it galvanizes a team of, hey, what was us? No, you know what? Let's just go out with what we got and see what we can do. Right, and he's been Correct. he's been phenomenal. Um, 500 yards rushing in three games for a quarterback um, who's supposed to be playing wide receiver. Right. He's your best punt returner, best kickoff returner, best wide receiver, and now he might be your best quarterback. Correct. That's insane.
1: It's team MVP.
0: Team MVP, and actually, why he made uh, AP at a midseason All American team, he was their all-purpose. Uh, First-team all-purpose players. There it is. All right. When we continue, we got some high school football to talk about. Indiana playoffs rolling along. They'll go to week two. Kentucky last regular season week where district games are now done. So there are a lot of non-district games and some teams that actually are on a bye week. But a lot to talk about in Ohio. Mm. We'll talk about that when we continue. It's the Angry Quarterbacks from ESP Media. Getting answers. Finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action. Getting the
1: truth. Local 12 News investigates. Are you looking to produce your own podcast? ESP Media has state-of-the-art audio and video production studios available for you. Our studio rental rates are the most competitive in town. Contact us today at sales at ESPmediaSN.com or 513-655-4966. That's 513-655-4966. It's your podcast. We just produce it.
0: Welcome back in to the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike. We've talked Bengals in the NFL, which I'm guessing most of you skipped through. We just talked some college football, and now we get to a segment that Tony and I both enjoy, which is the high school football segment. Uh, Indiana, will move into the second round of sectional playoff uh, action this week. Lawrenceburg and uh, and East Central still alive, East Central finished the regular season ranked number 1 in class 4A in the state of Indiana and has a really both of those teams have legitimate chances to make long runs yeah. both had fairly easy first round wins i know you're very familiar with Lawrenceburg yep. their lone loss was the East Central and again they're playing in a different class they're in 3A which again they all get confused after a while in Ohio division 1 is big school in Indiana right. class A and in Kentucky class A is small school it's kind of reversed so they're 3A out of a, a 6A state uh, East Central is 4A, so both of them with legit chances.
1: Yeah, East Central, a great chance. And I think Lawrenceburg playing a team like East Central early and hanging around in the first half went a long way with no the doubt. confidence I mean, look at some of their Super since They just right. beat the and they, daylights out of people. And they did that. Uh, Garrett Yoon, the quarterback, his brother Gavin Yoon, uh, has missed, I think, he missed six or seven weeks of the season yeah. with a knee injury. Now he's come back and lit the world on fire. So uh, they have a really good... Uh, A really good quarterback, and they now have multiple receivers because when one receiver's out, more guys step up and and gain that confidence. So that's a team that is uh, is very dangerous right now in the playoffs. Yep.
0: In Kentucky, uh, district play is pretty much done. They'll start the playoffs next week, but there are some non-district games this week, and maybe best among them are two ranked teams in the state of Kentucky, where Newport Central Catholic, which is ranked number three in Mm -hmm. Class A, will take on Beechwood, which is ranked number seven in two A. Beachwood started off very slowly, 1-4, but has won four games in a row. They swept their district, swept it pretty handily, which I thought Lloyd would give them a game. I thought Newport would even give them a game, but uh, they, they rolled through those teams. We kind of
1: discussed that happening, too, the yeah. way that Beachwood scheduled early and they lost so many guys. They were kind of just trying to find their way, and it feels like they've started to do that the last couple of weeks.
0: No, no doubt about it. So that's probably the, the marquee matchup. But let's get to Ohio, where uh, there's still a lot to be decided. We'll start, and we'll do this by, by division as, as we go through it. Um, In Division I, Region 4, Fairfield, Elder, St. X, and Colerain have all clinched home games. So Mm -hmm. those all host first-round games. In Ohio, first-round games are at home sites. And from that point forward, second-round and beyond are all neutral sites. So they've all clinched home games. Lakota West sits at number 5. They've clinched a playoff berth. And Princeton, for the first time since 2007... Game you heard on ESP Media that I broadcast last week beat Lakota West 41 35. They now have clinched the playoff berth. So mm-hmm. congrats to Mike Daniels and the crew there. Uh, they will cl- conclude the regular season with a game against Mason. But here's where it gets dicey Hamilton sits at number seven. It controls its own destiny, which means if it beats Lakota East.
1: Which would be a great story. Yeah, it would be. I a mean, turnaround Nate, there. Nate Mahan is just yes. a
0: terrific football coach. They control their own destiny to get in a win and they're in. Sycamore, Mason, West Claremont, Walnut Hills, and actually, believe it or not, Milford. Still have chances to get in Milford the slightest of chances. Right. They have to have everything go right. But Mason, which at one point this year I believe was 0-3, they they play Princeton on mm-hmm. Friday at Princeton. A win for them would uh, would maybe vault them into the playoffs. Sycamore has a chance. They don't control their own destiny, but they do play O'Kills. The unfortunate part for them, the fortunate part for them is they're going to beat O'Kills. Right. The unfortunate part for them is O'Kills has zero wins. Not get any so points. it's not going to help with that. But if Hamilton were to lose, Sycamore to win, Mason were to lose. There you go. Just a chance for Sycamore. So there's, there is a lot, a lot there. A to lot get
1: still to unfold.
0: Yeah, no question about it. But I'll tell you what. I criticized the the, the Greater Miami Conference a couple years ago when it went from the seven conference games to eight, which left them with only two non-league games. Mm-hmm. And Steve Shuck, who's the commissioner, a great guy. Um, he's always been a Harbin numbers cruncher. And I used to win it in the in the, in the uh, newspaper business. When it came down to this time of year, Steve was my go-to guy. He would always plot this stuff out, and yep. he could tell you, here's what teams need to do. Steve's a, just a good man. But I criticized. I thought, well, you guys are cutting your nose off to spite of your face. You're just going to cannibalize each other. Well, how wrong am I? Fairfield is in. Colerain is in. West is in. Princeton's in. And then from there, the, the next three spots are probably going to be Great yep. Miami Conference schools. Hamilton, Sycamore, Mason, probably two of the three get in. You're going to have six GMC schools and then Elder and X yep. in the playoffs. Crazy. Uh, they, they knew Crazy. exactly what yep. they were doing. Give them, give them full credit. Now, where it gets really interesting is in Division Two, Region Eight, cool. where Harrison, quite the story. I think yes. we spurred them on by going and speaking.
1: Yes, or, uh, the athletic our show.
0: Yep. They they the, have clinched the, the home the game. Fall
1: sports preview. We ignited a, a fire. And could this be the last home game that they play on Ooh, natural grass? There you go. How about that? Quarterbacks so, playing well. Yep. Got a Connor Connect can throw it around. Do you know him well? Have I you do. Ever worked with him. I
0: do. I know you do. So I give,
1: give, uh, give a plug you, man, in. I tell, appreciate it.
0: Tell people what you do. I work with quarterbacks in the offseason. And where do you work with them at? Where can, find, where can they find information?
1: Uh, on dot com. Find all the information you need. Going to be uh, one, obviously once the season I ends.
0: Mean, I, all I ever do is roll through teams. Yeah, I got that guy. Yeah, yeah I got that guy. Once, I, I mentioned Newcastle. You didn't even mention your guy. Paul Framer. Thank you. Cam Hergit. Cam Hergit from Beachwood. Both of your guys. All over the place. Like
1: once you once once the season ends, that's that's kind of the time to really get going because if you wait till after the season, you you kind of lose a little bit, so we, uh, we'll we get it rolling. But, no, it, it's great to see these guys having success. Yeah. And, and for what Harrison's been able to do. Harrison's only just, lost this yeah. year. Overtime to East Central. Yep. Consistent all throughout the year. It's been great. Uh, Turpin has
0: clinched the home game. They're number 2. And then LaSalle is, uh, it does control its own destiny, as does St. Francis, DeSales, and Xenia. Then from that point forward, you got th- basically three spots up for grabs. And the teams that, that are still alive are Canal Winchester, Walnut Ridge, Winton Woods, Anderson, Little Miami, and Talawanda. Winton Woods does not play this week, so they are done, but Mm -hmm. that that so what they need is they need some of the teams that they they beat to win. They need Trotwood. They beat them. They have seven wins. They are Division Three, so there's a little bit different multiplier there, but Trot they need Trotwood. West Claremont's getting to become a better win. They've got four, they're still actually mathematically alive Mm -hmm. in division one to make it. They need them to win. Upper Arlington sits at six and three. They're a division one win that counts for them. Moeller, which has killed them, oh. but Moeller plays a team from Canada. Moeller can get a second win. It beats having the one win, yep. so that could help them get in. LaSalle, which concludes the regular season with Elder. They would need LaSalle to maybe upset Elder because Elder beat Winton Wood, yeah. so they're not going to get any credit for that. But Winton Wood still is on the on the scary portion well, crazy, of this. Uh, that they still might not get in. Now the thing is if they do get in, oh, Let's say they get in as an 8. They could maybe get up to a 7. I don't... Well, I guess they could get to a 6. You could have, though, if they get in as an 8. How yep. about Harrison? The season you've right. had, and you got a home playoff game, and guess what your reward is? Mayan Williams. You get Winton Woods. Yep.
1: Woo. That is... That, that. It's it's criminal at this point. And then to see Winton Woods and how they played against LaSalle.
0: Yeah, 40... 40 uh, like, to beat LaSalle, to lose yeah. the Elder
1: by 5, I mean... Yep. Like, they, they've been in a lot. And uh, and they they schedule tough and and most seasons that helps this season it's hurt a little bit, yep. uh, but no that what they did last week the way they're playing at the end of the year I good luck yeah if they get it I I would agree with you, um, in Division Three Region Twelve the following teams have clinched home
0: games: Chaminade, Julienne, and Franklin just up the road. Wapakoneta has clinched a playoff spot. Trotwood Madison is clinched a playoff spot then St. Mary's, Baden and Ross control their own destiny. Hughes sits at number 7. It does not control its own mm-hmm. destiny, but that'd be a great story if Hughes yes. gets in the playoffs. Hughes will conclude the regular season um with a game against West High on Saturday, it looks like no. I think back on Friday, so they will play West High. West High would be a Division One win, and West High does have three victories, mm-hmm. so that's a, a big game for Hughes. Again, they do not control their own destiny. And other than that, every Goshen still is, is alive, but does not control their own destiny. Uh, nobody else that are still fighting for playoff bursts in Division Three, Region Twelve, um, are local. In Division Four, Region Sixteen, it's a big matchup at the top. Um, and it's a big matchup in the CHL. Wyoming has clinched a home game. They're number one. Clinton Massey, number two, has clinched a home spot, but Indian Hill sits at number three. They've clinched a playoff spot. Yep. Uh Wyoming and Indian Hill play each other. We both believe Wyoming is probably still yep. a couple of touchdowns better than Indian Hill, but again, you've clinched a playoff spot. You can clinch a home game with a win. You still might get a home game with a loss. But a, a great matchup there. One and three in the Harbins yeah. and, and the top
1: two teams in the CHL. Historically, they this, this game you kind of just throw everything out because they play it close. Uh, the problem with these two teams in this game is is that there's a good chance they see each other again at some point right. in just a, a few weeks. So um, it, it's one of those games you want to win. But I think the reason it, it's been a little closer is because maybe Wyoming has not shown everything yeah. the last couple of years because you know odds are you're going to see this team again. And when they saw them in the playoffs last year, obviously a little bit easier to win than what is the regular season. But regardless – uh, it's it's great that, that this is always the last game of the CHL because it, it truly is right <laughs> now the it's, class of the league. No doubt.
0: So Wyoming again has clinched a home game. Clinton Massey's clinched a home game.
1: Indian Hill has clinched a spot. Waynesville's clinched
0: a spot. Kenton has clinched a spot. So that leaves three spots open. Roger Bacon, which sits at seven, controls its own destiny. Uh, the Spartans... 8 and 1 on the season and their only loss was to uh, to Baden. They play Country Day. Now Summit or Summit Country yep. Day. Summit Country Day is 8 and 1 but they're Division 5 and their one loss was to a Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy team that Roger Bacon beat 2 weeks ago 58-32. So Bacon I think is in a great spot to uh, to get a playoff berth and maybe move up a little bit. Valley View also controls its own destiny and then the following so basically there are there are two spots up for grabs. Milton Union sits at 6. Does not control their own destiny. Then Bethel Tate, Washington Courthouse, Washington, and McNick, believe it or not, sitting at three and six. Still in it. Does not control its own destiny, but they play Baden, which has six wins, is a division three team. So you're going to get a little bit of extra credit if you can pull off the, the the upset there. So it's amazing that McNick, it tells you what kind of schedule that they have played. In Division Five, Region 20, how about the Taft Senators? Made it into the state rankings this week at number ten in Love the it. AP State rankings. They've clinched a playoff spot, sits at number one. West Jefferson's clinched a playoff spot. Shawnee's clinched the playoff spot. West Liberty-Salem's clinched the playoff spot. And the team we just mentioned, CHCA's, clinched the playoff spot. Summit Country Day sits at six. They control their own destiny. And I still think even with a loss, they probably still get still in. in. Blanchester does not control its own destiny. It sits at number seven. Blanchester uh, will face uh, four and five, Division Five East Clinton. So get a win there. It's going to help you both with the, with the win itself and with a little bit of second-level points. Um, then Marymont and Madeira both control their own destiny. Madeira plays 7 and 2 Marymont. Mm. So there's a control coming off own a destiny. big win. Yes, they did. Coming off the shutout of Reading. No, nobody does that. No. no was that at Reading? Yeah. My oh, gosh, they came into the, they came into your house.
1: Yeah. The house that Tony Pike built on senior night. Senior night.
0: Wow. You got to be very disciplined. And I think
1: mathematically eliminated the Blue Devils.
0: I think the Blue Devils will been mathematically eliminated a little while before that. So there you go. So again, that game may be a showdown for a, for the last playoff yeah. spot in Division Five, Region Twenty. Still possible that both could make it in. Madeira does sit at number eight. Marymont sits at number nine. So Marymont not in the picture as we speak. In Division Six, not a lot of local teams. In fact, see if there's anybody still alive. There is the only one still alive is Williamsburg, but they sit at thirteenth. Do not control their own destiny. So you would think that they will not have a chance to get in. And in Division Seven, I know New Miami's up there, and they sit at number one and has clinched a home game. Cincinnati College Prep sits at number four and controls its own destiny. And other than that, locally, uh, oh Lachlan, Lachlan still could get in. Still alive. Sits at six and three, and they play. Oh, unfortunately, they play undefeated, New Miami. Mm. But you do control your. All Mm. you're saying is, is there a chance?
1: Winning in, winning in, baby, winning in.
0: Speaking of wins, when did the Bengals get their first win, Tony Pike?
1: Uh, New York Jets, December first. You Feeling good about that? Nope, I'm not either.
0: (laughs) Could it be in twenty twenty? It might be. Could it be in twenty? What, what well, we have to reach for twenty twenty one. Here's here's the. When will Zach seriously? When will Zach Taylor be oh, on the clock?
1: Man, I don't know. Well, some some places he would be on the clock already. Oh, in sixty four. Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> might do it. That that might do it. Um, after watching the Dolphins for a half last night, I'm not even sure December 22nd seconds a guaranteed win anymore.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not either. I'm not guaranteed when, anything.
1: When does Ryan Finley play?
0: I think the Jets game is a good line of deal. I think you get him December. Okay. Because it gives you two games in which you feel that he's not going to be overwhelmed. Jets and mm-hmm. Miami. You get to see him try to get overwhelmed. Well, get overwhelmed on how does he handle it with New England. Yep. Cool. Uh, and then you got two games with the Browns. So you get two divisional opponents in there, two games that he should be able to handle himself, and a game against New England where you get a chance to see how that works itself out. So, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it, too. All right, Tony Pike, I appreciate it. Great time, as always, enjoyed it. Make a move, please. Hopefully, other than Cordy Glenn, yeah. Make more than one move. All right, for Tony Pike and our executive producer Rob Evil, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. It's the Angry Quarterbacks podcast, and it comes from the James Rapine Memorial Studio and your friends at ESPN.